Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Worst Take the Sports Show. I am one of your hosts, Triune Fellas. Introduce yourselves. Come on, man. You already know what time it is. Your boy, Doe Boy. New nickname alert, Doe Breeze. And I'll let you know why in a minute. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Well, I see what it is. I might as well be E Breeze since I just got back from uh, Mexico this weekend. You know what it is. It's your man, EQ. I'm back. I'm fresh. When we form, we get together like Voltron. It's the Worst Take Sports Show. Let's get it. Let's yeah, go, yeah, fellas. Yeah, yeah, so, so yeah. Worst Take Sports Show, if you have not seen it, is a sports show where we cover all of your big sports topics that you see on your news tickers, except we don't have the red tape of networks. We don't have the red tape of advertisers. We said what we want, how we want, what we want, because we can and we don't give up. And before we go any further, please like the video, share the video, comment the video. If you're watching this on my page, on I Am Doughboy TV page, please click the link in the description box so you can follow the Worst Take Sports Podcast because it's only going to be on my station for a few more weeks. And before we move any further, like my brother EQ said, he was in Mexico. So let us give a belated happy birthday to my Hey! Bro- I was just about to get there. Everybody hit happy birthday EQ in the comments section. Show our brother some love. Blessings, um, Blessings on all your households. He turned 50 this this past mm. week. Oh yeah. And, um, but he don't look a day over 40. He don't look a day over 48. Looking good as hell. And, and he's got that custom jersey on. I love the name on the Ooh. back. I hate the name. Let's on the look front. at that. Ooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about to go all the way in on that jersey. Yeah. Until you can't he hate on that. No, nah, I can't hate on the EQ. And uh, shout, shout out to uh, your lovely lady for making that purchase. That's amazing. Number, that dope. number amazing. one. Exactly. Number one. I know it's backwards because it looks like 10. Nigga, this is number one, bro. <laughs> nice. For nice. sure. So let's get into this docket today, fellas. Um, number one on, on the ticker, Drew Brees announced his retirement after 20 NFL seasons. Where do you rank him as an all-time QB? Doughboy, we'll start with you. You know what? Um, and like I said, I changed my name today to Doe Breeze in ah. uh, you know, in uh commemoration of the great uh Drew Brees. Um, I think that this I, I think that ranking him, I think the more I thought about it as I prepared for today's show, I think you, he low-key has to be on my Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks just because of what he was able to do. You have to understand when he was with San Diego, he was balling, like he was nice. Like him and LaDamian Tomlinson was supposed to make history. All of that shit was supposed to happen. They really just dumped him and bailed on him, bro. They was like, nah, like, you know what I'm saying? When he was at the, about to enter the peak and prime of his career. And so for of all places for him to go, the basement of the NFL and the Aints. We didn't used to even call them the Saints. We used to call them the Aints. They was trash. They was never good. They had already dealt with the whole Katrina shit. Like shit was, but nobody wanted to go there. For him to go there, win a ring, and compete every year for. They were competitive every year that he was there. He broke so many records, and he's just a tough mofo shout out to drew Brees. the game is not going to be the same once he leaves and he is absolutely on my mount rush for mount rushmore of all time greats of quarterbacks eq yeah bro <clears throat> drew breeze is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time his his just his makeup um being only six feet tall 
um, being able to have the precision passing that he's had his entire career. I mean, let, let's be clear. The man has more passing yards than any other quarterback in the history That's of the game. Wild. Now, now wild. Tom Brady, Tom Brady will break that record. It's going to happen because he's only about a thousand yards behind and Tom Brady is going to play again this year. And Tom Brady is going to throw for more than a thousand yards. So Drew Brees will be number two on the all time passing yards list as you know, the end of this year. However, the next closest person, just to put it into like, just to put it into, you know, text here. Yeah. And to, to give the right context, the next closest person is Peyton Manning with 71,000 yards and Drew Brees has over 80,000. 80, right. So there is a 9,000 yard gap between three and number one. And Tom Brady's the only guy who's close. Um, listen, Drew Brees had an exceptional career. He's a Super Bowl champion. Um, you know, if it weren't for a bad call in the playoffs, what was that last year? A couple. He got beat a couple times. A couple times. He might have had at least one more Super Bowl championship, at least. Um, you know, you could argue that. So to me, Drew Brees is definitely top five. Um, you know, he's top three in all of the quarterback stats that you want to see. Yards, touchdowns, completions. He's 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 top three. He's number one in yards and completions right now. He's number two, I think, in all-time passing touchdowns behind Tom Brady. So, you know, like I said, I, I think for me, he's top five in anyone's conversation, um, or he should be, and he's going to have a statue. They're going to retire his jersey. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and props to Drew Brees. And, you know, I mean, I kind of knew this was coming – you know, about a month ago when they announced that he was lowering his salary, he was giving back some of his money to the franchise. I figured that that was him, you know, kind of leaning towards hanging it up. But shout out to Drew Brees, an amazing career, will always be remembered, and they need to put some respect on his name now. Fact. Yeah, I, I have to echo some of you guys' sentiments. Um, some other, you know, records that he has, most career, career completions, best career completion percentage, most seasons with 5,000-plus passing yards. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Drew Brees, Drew Brees is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he's an all-time great. Um, I rank him around top seven. I don't know if I'll put him top five, but I got him top seven for sure. He should um, be in everyone's top Rushmore. I don't know about that. Um, but – but um, yeah, I, th I think he's he's a top brass quarterback. He's one of those guys we're going to look back at in 15 years or so and really just uh, marvel over his career. Um, to be balanced, though, I will say this for me, and this is just my perspective. Um, after those comments that he made about kneeling for the anthem um, a couple years ago. Oh my God, he did. He's that, that's that's always been a scratch on um, his, you know, his his resume to me. And so while... I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm absolutely happy for him and having such a great career, but I will always have reserve feelings about that. Yeah, that was some sucker shit. He no, did and say that's, that, and that's, and that's fine. But, but, but let's, let's, let's just look at it again in, in an entirety of a situation. I'm not defending his original comments. Okay, I'm not. I'm not because we all know where we stand on that. But I will defend the way that he handled the backlash after he made the comments. That, that was different. Which is that my, my issue with the comments is more about the timing. Um, this yeah. is this is this was sure. several these were sure. several years after the incident had happened. Oh, and it sure. gave him plenty of time to download the information and to actually disseminate the information sure. in a way to where yeah. he could understand it. And so for him a few years after the incident to make such a, a, a 
comment like that. And he didn't even need to say and it. it wasn't he didn't even need to no. say it. It was completely out of line. And as well, I have to keep, you know, I also have to put this in the forefront too. Drew Brees is at 70% black coworkers his entire 20 years in the NFL. So he should have known better. And for me, like I said, just for me, I'm not speaking for anyone else. No, I get it. Yeah, For I get me, it. that's always going to be a scar on his legacy and his resume because of just the climate of the world right now. Okay, okay. I'm now, wait one second. Let me, just add, let me just ask a question to the devil's advocate. There's no wrong answer, okay? Mm -hmm. So in that same breath, do we hold the same scar against Tom Brady for openly supporting a president that none of us care for? Well, that's just a that's just a choice that you make as as far as your political views. That's not telling somebody they shouldn't kneel. No, so I'm just I'm just that's asking. nowhere yeah, near no, egregious. So so for me, I don't, and I'll tell you why. Okay, um, I think it's I think it's a little big. Uh, I think it's a little bit over the top for anybody to believe that your support for a presidential candidate means that you agree with every single thing that this presidential no, candidate believes and, and, and does, and policy wise, et cetera, et cetera. I think a lot of people in this country vote along the lines that they vote along, uh, uh, that they vote along because of family and history and their worldview. So I don't know if I necessarily will dock Tom Brady for that. No, but, and I and I get that, and that's fair. But what I'm what I'm saying is in the context is that when Drew Brees made those comments, again, not defending him, he didn't say that no one else should kneel. He said he would never based off of his belief and respect for the armed forces. And he's got family, again, you just said, people vote along the lines a lot of times of history and family and different things like that. He's got family in the armed forces, that's how he but feels. I, and, I, that, I, and, that was, and that was my issue because the protest was never a protest against correct. military officials. Right. Correct. The protest was against police brutality. Correct. And for him to take three years to not understand that while being surrounded by 70% teammates no, that sure. are black, it's, that's just, 100%. It's, just, it's just out of this world to me. And and like did, I said, that's just me. No, and I get it. Didn't it. Make sense I don't disagree. And his statement didn't make sense in the context of what he was even saying, because he was saying it as if, like, all. well, my forefathers fought for, you know, because, well, there's black soldiers that fought for this. Too. Like, it just didn't right. make a ton of sense all around. Mm -hmm. I just, and it's just, I just think he was just guilty of just not reading the room. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's well, what it is. He was guilty that's of not is. being educated. Right. It had nothing right. to do with reading not the being, room. Not being But educated. at the same time, you should just know, I don't know, like, you should know that was a big enough deal you're not black. Maybe that's just what you should not lend your opinion to because you're not the affected party. Well, that's I would a just fact. advise him that's to just fucking stop watching, stop watching Fox News and actually get out to the street and talk. Let me ask you guys this, though, before we move on from Drew Brees. And I know this is going to be much to the dismay of our good friend EQ. Now that Drew Brees is Ooh. retired, do you believe now is the time to make the move for the trade? Hey, guess what? Russell Wilson says that is one of the few teams he guess will. Guess what? Guess no. what? You're you're a little late because they just signed Jameis Winston for next year. For and one year have, though, but that's Jameis Winston, and they're, and they're gonna have a quarterback competition between him and Taysom Hill. I think Taysom Hill is an. They need to work more with Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a gadget player who's an excellent, who's a really good quarterback. Like, let's just be clear. He uh, just never got, he never got the chance because he's playing behind Drew Brees. Hey, you can give me three of both. You can give me three versions of both of those guys and they're not worth one Russell. But they don't have the assets. They, the Seahawks are not going to bring in Jameis Winston. 
The Seahawks, that this is, it's a foregone conclusion for this year that it's either going to be Jace, uh, Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill as a quarterback for the Saints. That's yeah. what's going to happen. And they're going to revisit it in the year after that. But again, you're not taking into account all of the circumstances, which is that if Seattle goes and spends assets on the offensive line, if they get him the production that he wants, if the Seahawks go out and win 12 or 13 games this year and make it past the first round of the playoffs, then we're talking about a different emotional standpoint of Russell Wilson too. Well, so, the, the, the word on the street is that that nigga has lost that entire locker room. So I guess we will keep a watchful eye on that situation. Hey, we've heard that before too. <laughs> yeah, to, to weigh in on that quickly, I do think that the timing would be perfect. However, I don't think that the Saints have the assets unless they're willing to give up the next, all the picks they have probably for the next three or four Dude, years. And Michael, room. and they have to part with Michael Thomas. And yeah, they got to picks. part with a lot of things. Come however, on, however, I will say this. If there was a time to to put the trade on the table, it's now. Because um, all the quarterbacks are going to be addressed by the time the draft is over, so somebody's going to have to do something. Somebody's going to have to do something. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, switch switch gears a little bit. We're going to stay within the NFL. We're going to talk about all of these acquisitions that the Patriots are making. I'm starting to feel like Bill Belichick had his Denzel moment in Training Day when Tom Brady hoisted up the trophy. Like you're going to do this to me. Me, um, I feel like he, he he internally started brewing and getting pissed off, and I think a lot of these moves are showing that. Q, let's start with you on this one. Yeah, I mean, okay, you know, um, okay. I, I wasn't I wasn't like blown away by the people that they signed. Like, sure, they made they made some good signings and they upgraded in certain positions. They had to. They were abysmal last year in certain areas. They they had to. So. Okay. I mean, you know, Bill Belichick is doing what everybody expects him to do. I still expect the Patriots to lose more than they win this year. I think that they're an eight and eight team at the very best, even with all of these signings, especially because though, do you know who they have playing at quarterback? They got cam. They already re-signed cam. So they're going to be lit. And I, okay. First of all, let's just go ahead and just trash that whole take you had. Cause that, I couldn't disagree with you more. This is not only great, not only great for the league. This is just great for entertainment purposes. I feel like the the bully is back. Bill Belichick is literally pissed the fuck off. And yes, this is a really, really big deal for all the money they spent. They have spent more in the first 10 hours of free agency this year than they have spent in the past 10 years. They let him open up the checkbook. And now this has become personal between him and that nigga Tom Brady. He's like, oh, bitch, for real? You want to leave? You want to go ahead and get a bunch of riches? And now why this becomes so interesting is because he went out and got a bunch of weapons and he never did that shit for Tom Brady. I'm going to make a bold prediction. Next Super Bowl is going to be the Patriots and the Bucks. So I will go that far. I I was with you until that, until the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) I can't go that far. I will say this, though. That is the main thing that is different this time around than it has been for many off-seasons of past, right? The Patriots are fucking spending money. They paid a tight end like 36 million with 23 or something. Yeah, two tight ends. They're paying paying money. One of them got like 23 million guaranteed. Hunter Henry's the only one who gives who means a damn. No, but that's a fact. That's a fact. But I'm still saying 
They would have never paid anyone not named Gronkowski that sort of money. They never paid any of their slot receivers that sort of man. In the last few years, they didn't even pay Tom Brady like that. Right. So, so if we're keeping it a hundred, this is that, a different course for the Patriots. I think they realize that now that Tom is gone, they're going to have to actually build a team that's based on a balanced defense, a balanced offense, a balanced running game, a balanced short game, a balanced long game. I think they're going to have to actually build a team. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as they're making the Super Bowl listen, this year, no, but, but I would not count out a ten and six season. Listen, and potentially a wild card bird. Listen to this though. They did they basically had a 10 and 6 season last year. They finished seven and nine, but there was three of those games that you could easily that came down mm-hmm. to the fucking last player, some bot shit. And, and the they lost. And the quarterback got COVID. And they had a bunch of players that wasn't even there. They had a bullshit ass and, team. And, that's and they what, still made it competitive. And that's what I'm saying, though. I agree with you on that. I do believe that last season they had some unfortunate situations in which they could have been an above 500 and, team. I and, do believe this. And 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 as well, let can we keep it 100? Cam Newton is definitely not MVP Cam Newton of 2015. No, but I do. But I do think a year, uh-huh. a year in a system playing in a normal atmosphere, because we do know that crowds are coming back in August. We know no this, COVID. right? No, no, no more COVID. COVID. Um, and, and, and and actually getting back a to some normalcy, roster. I do think that Cam Newton improves. I think the question is how much. See, this is the thing that I think you guys aren't understanding, and this is why I, even though I'm saying Super Bowl and that sounds wild as eight fuck. Eight This is eight what eight. you, this is, you fuck heard all it. that. They were seven and nine last year with the bullshit. Right, and it's still bullshit. This is what you're. This is this is what. But this is not what you're. This is not what you're realizing. The only thing stronger than athletic ability in an athlete's mind is athlete's ego. It is what makes them. It's just anybody that is competitive. Your ego is what makes you who you are. Do you understand? Bill Belichick got in fucking Barris. Cam Newton has been trying to come back and prove to the world that he is still that nigga. So now when you got niggas that are fighting for their fucking legacies and you got every player on that team that just thinks that they just think that we ain't shit. The they Patriots, got so much to prove. The Patriots are going to the Patriots are going to take another L to the Bucks this year because the Bucks just they got Tom Brady, Gronk, Shaq Barrett, all their receiving core coming back. They're, the Patriots won't have a better record than the Bucks, and they might not finish in the top two seeds in their own division. If the with Patriots the were to, and the Miami if, Dolphins ascending, it's if not, the Patriots were to pay the play the Bucks, I would put my money on the Patriots because I will put my oh, money on oh Bill God. Belichick over oh Ron nah, Rivera nah, any nah, fucking see, day. Though well, I was rocking with you in the nah, night. man, you, you gotta, gotta go with me off the song. deep end. Try shit, oh, nigga. Bro. Go with me to these ridiculous bro. statements. Nigga, this ain't Thelma and Louise, nigga. I'm not going <laughs> off the deep end with you. Bro, these signings, because I'll go punch the gas every time. Hunter Henry is the only person they sign where it's like, oh shit, okay. But like, bro, you got okay, the but, but only okay, one. okay, 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 but but EQ, you're not Nelson Aguilar. You're not, you're not you under okay, but Nelson bro, why are you he was not a Raider last year? Why are we not acting like the Patriots have not owned the fucking AFC East for a whole decade? He that, owned, that time is over, okay, bro. Okay, okay, so the it's, so 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 are we worried about the Jets? Are you are you meaning to tell no, me that you're really no no are the you Jets scared will, of the Dolphins? No, the Jets will be in last. 
The Dolphins have a chance to have a better we record. We will still the fuck over the Dolphins. And, and the Bills will, still split will win the, Bills. the division. No, the Bills will win the division. No, no, no. The Bills are going to win the division. I think, I, think the, the division. I think the key there is how does Miami season pan out? Because Miami, Miami's a fringe team. Ascending. They're one of these teams they're ascending. They're but ascending. we they're all have those. Away. But we all have those teams that ascend. They have seasons where they come into the new season with big expectations based on what they've been building and they fall on their faces. I think Miami is one of those fringe teams that we got to see it Tell to me. believe it. Oh, but yeah. they could have a big season. But right they were smart. like I said, at 10 and 6, at 10 and 6, that could be a wild card burn. And I believe that they could get there with a few luck elements. And if the, if the now if the Dolphins do what they should do and go after Russell Wilson and obtain him, then it will be interesting, much to the dismay. They won't. The they bro. They just spent a number one pick on Tua Tagovailoa. He's been and they don't believe in that nigga. They don't believe in him. No boy. Two years. Anything that suggests Russell Wilson leaving Seattle, he I want to get him riled up. I like it. I like, I like <laughs> pushing the niggas' no, buttons. No, <laughs> it's just it's based on logic. It's just the money doesn't make sense. And when the player is not happy, one, and the team don't want to play with him. Side note: there have been Russell. There watch. have been. There have been Watch. whispers about a lot of niggas that say that they be thinking that Russ is a soft nigga, though. And his team, you can't he just is. talk. You can't talk shit about your own line. So you can't talk shit like, yo, they got to make sure I don't get hit. He can't go play for that O line next year. He gonna get bro, killed. Bro, I'm not saying that he was wrong for saying the compliment or the comment, but the comment wasn't wrong. He's been sacked more times since he's been in the league than Listen, any other quarterback. But you don't we're, say we're that. Talk, we're talking about professional athletes with egos. Anyone. So I want to say this. <laughs> And this is my prediction for this 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 offseason going into the season. If Russell West, if Russell Wilson, I keep saying Westbrook, Wilson, if Russell Wilson is not traded by the time camp starts, I don't think he's gonna finish the season healthy. Oh no, no. His and you never and we never and wish injuries on anybody, but you have to un, you have to understand, bro. Like some things you can't just fix, like. It, this don't look good, and if they're not gonna block for you, it was they was trying last year. What is the motivation for them to keep this nigga safe now? That part, that <laughs> part. It's gonna, it's gonna get ugly. All right, we're gonna switch. We're gonna switch gears, fellas. Um, NBA. Joel Embiid is hurt. He's gonna be out for two to three weeks, is what they're reporting. Um, what does that change for Philly, and what does that change for the Eastern Conference? Uh, Doughboy, we'll start with you. Man, it officially changes everything, and it is now the Brooklyn Nets that are going to finish number one. This is awful for the Eastern Conference. This is awful for Philly. Like, they were killing. This is awful for his MVP um, candidacy. And you hate it because he's a really good kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a goofy nigga, but he's a good kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? So you don't like that for him. Um, and you know what I'm saying? Just gelling in chemistry right around now, going into the playoffs is important. You don't want to have your best player sideline for two to three weeks. So I, I don't, I hope that it's, you know, two to three weeks and he comes back rested and, and better, but I, I have a bad feeling. I don't, I don't think this is good for Philly at all. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely not good. Um, you know, I mean, we know that Joel Embiid obviously, 
this was the year that he kind of stepped into the player that we all had been expecting him to be, right? Like this, he's always showed flashes, but you know, it's it's the knee which takes a lot of obviously weight and you know puts puts a lot on it. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's tough. Obviously, Philly healthy, I still take them to win the East. Like I I just I believe in that team fully healthy against the Nets. But with with Joel and B not being fully healthy, this is tough. It's going to affect Philly's overall position in the playoffs, which is going to affect who they play. You know, my fingers crossed is, is I hope that he'll be back, you know, with a few weeks left in the regular season, at least that way he can kind of get his legs back under him and go into the playoffs healthy. Um, It's the same situation with KD. The only the only difference is, is that they have one more all world player than the Philadelphia does. But you know, I mean, I, I think that it's definitely something that needs to be monitored. Um, I don't know. It's tough. He was he was definitely looking like an MVP, and now it looks like LeBron's race to lose if if Joel Embiid is not healthy. So, you know. Yeah, I got to say, um, this is bad. Um, and the reason why I think it's bad is not just because of his season or him, you know, kind of being en route to an MVP or even how well Philly's been playing. I think the real reason why this is bad is because his his history of injuries. Joel uh, Embiid has been historically injured a lot. And hurt. so what this could, <laughs> yeah, he's always hurt. And so what this could snowball into is what I have an issue with. Um, according to uh, what they're reporting, these are lower extremity injuries and he's 7'3 and like 270 pounds, so that can't be good. Um, yeah, I, just unfortunate timing, but something that I can't even front, something that I kind of expected because Joel Embiid has been injured more than he's played, um, if you look at his history. Um, in regard to what this does for the East, I don't think it changes shit in my in, in my estimation. I had Brooklyn win in the East, and I still got Brooklyn win in the East. And whether he's there or not, I think Brooklyn's going to win the East. I think the real thing, the real issue in regard to how the East landscape plays out, what happens with KD? That's the issue. Um, with Joel, listen, man, there or not, although he's emerging into the player that we've all wanted to see, I still don't think Philly has enough to beat Brooklyn in a seven game series. But if they don't have KD and they have Embiid, that kind of balances things out and then it makes things a little questionable. But I kind of want to segue into this because this is kind of segue from this subject. Brooklyn is still winning without KD. How do you feel about that team um, when he returns? Are they just unbeatable or are they just nah. too scary for everyone what's nah. the deal we'll start with you q no nah, no nah, it's it's not gonna be that simple it's just it's not gonna be that simple um when kd he's by far the best player on the team i think right now kate um i think kyrie and james harden have gotten accustomed to this dynamic that they have between the two of them and it's not a dynamic that either one of them is foreign to kyrie played next to lebron James Harden played next to Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook at one point. So that that's not a that's not a um you know an environment that they're unfamiliar with. The only person who's known what it's like to be in that situation is Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Because of you know him going and being on what you know was a super team in Golden State. What I will say is that I think that they'll play well, but I, it's it's really gonna test the egos, man, when KD comes back. It's it's really gonna test the egos because who do you go to in important moments? Who's gonna who's the offense gonna run through? Because there's only one basketball. You know who's gonna take the last shot? 
Who's going to be the person that they draw to play for out of a timeout? Who's going to be the per- like they have a lot of things to figure out. And also on top of that, remember, in the playoffs is different. You're playing against a team who is studying you 24 hours a day. Not everyone else in the league, they're studying you. And when they can clamp down on you, things are a little bit different. And, and Brooklyn still doesn't play good enough defense for me. So I still like Philly if Joel Embiid is healthy again, because Tobias Harris has been playing a career year. He's been playing lights out. And I like what he's doing. And he's big. He's strong. He can guard James Harden. He can guard Kyrie. Um, you know, that that's where I like that. And then Austin, or not Austin Rivers, um, Seth Curry, um offsets what joe harris does for the nets and philly plays better defense and i like doc rivers in that situation not steve nash so all i'm saying is that i i understand the fear of seeing the overall talent i don't think it immediately works when kd gets back i think that they'll have to do some more gelling and and again if philly is healthy no matter what's going on in brooklyn i'm taking the, i'm taking the 76ers to win the east no oh. Well, I look at it this way. I feel like they're the the Nets can go to the finals either way with just I feel like they can go to the finals with Kyrie and James Harden. I don't feel like they can win a title without KD. The thing that I'm concerned about is the chemistry. I know that they are doing well and they can kind of play off of it now. They can kind of pick who goes off because there's only two superstars doing that. Adding a third, like, you know, kind of to echo what, what EQ exactly. saying, like that becomes really difficult. And out of all three of them, I don't know who you call the alpha. Like, who's your dog? Like, who's who's the guy in those three? I don't I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? And, and just, I think if they blow everybody out, they'll be fine. But if it comes down to tough, tedious games, like it does slow down the playoffs, they're going to have something to worry about. And this, this, Either they're smart for limiting KD or there's smoke where there's fire and he maybe he's not healing from this injury I told, but I nearly told you as that, well though. as we think. Because you know what I'm saying? That, it's, it's, you know, and it's an Achilles. That's a, a big thing to come back from. But him not playing in these extended pockets in an already reduced season is starting to give me a little concern. Like, hey, nigga, let me see that knee. <laughs> So I'm not concerned with um, how they gel as much as you guys are. And this is the reason why. It's because of who KD is as a person um, and as a player. KD doesn't need the ball to score. KD doesn't need to dribble the ball 30,000 times before he puts up a shot. He's an extremely efficient player. He might be one of the most efficient in the league. I'll look up the stats. Um, I don't have a problem with the way that they gel. What I do have a problem with that you guys both mentioned is – how did things shape up in the playoffs when you need someone to go get you a bucket? Who do we go to? Um, and I think that's going to have to naturally happen. I think in the playoffs, when the pressure is the highest, we're going to see who emerges as the alpha. And that will decide whether or not Brooklyn gets through the East. But I still have them getting through the East, and this is why. They have more championship experience than anyone on Philly. Um, Kyrie Irving's a champion. Um, Kevin Durant's been at three and won two and was the MVP of two. They have plenty of experience to supersede what Dwight Howard's title brings to, to Philly. So um, I'm not too concerned about experience. We're just going to have to see how things kind of emerge. And um, But I still have Brooklyn coming out. I have them coming out, especially if KD's back. I, I can have them coming out without KD coming back. 
But with KD coming back, I think they're a lock to come out of the East. Hey, but, but, who's, your, but who's your closer, though? Like, who and, – and, and, and how it do we know that – KD. I but, think it's KD if he's healthy. It's Kyrie if he's not. If he's because, not. Because I know that James Harden ain't no closer. We know he is not. So we can just take him out of the closer conversation. And as long as Kyrie doesn't go Kyrie, you can call him a closer. But I think Kyrie may end up going Kyrie. I think that the honeymoon could, like, there's just something that just I've been makes saying me, this, though. Huh? I've been saying I'm this. I'm saying, and I think that we've gotten lucky with how he's acted because there's been no adversity yet. But I think once that happens, and, and of all of these niggas, like, they have just the mental makeup of them all concerned me, so... I and like and even another point to echo what EQ was saying. I, I I don't know what the fuck Steve Nash is gonna give me in the playoffs as a head coach, bro. And Who his, is he gonna out coach? But does it even staff. matter? Does it matter? Yes. Like like yes, okay. in the playoffs. Doc yeah. River Doc yeah. Rivers helps Philly as much as he helps Philly because no one on that squad except for Dwight Howard has championship experience. Nobody on that squad knows how to take a team that has that much talent to the promised land. No, Doc, and I, Doc Rivers does know, right? But with Brooklyn, you have a different set of experience there. You have Kyrie, you have KD, you have Jeff Green. You have a bunch of guys on that team that have either won championships or been deep in the game. And these are all vets. DeAndre but, Jordan, these are guys that don't need to be taught how to be professionals. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be taught their roles. They don't need to be taught anything. They simply need to be given very basic sets, roll the ball out there and let them play. But but isn't it a so high IQ team, man? But it's but but I don't see the high IQ in their coach. Like even though he was a player, Bro. all I'm saying is when it comes down to those critical moments, he doesn't have the moxie or the resume to well, even. And you, you know what this sounds like? A lot like it sounds a lot like when Eric Spolstra became the head coach of the Heat. No, it sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like when Vogel became the coach of the Lake. Listen, he's untested. I understand that. But we have to see the shit play out. But we can't just sit up here. There ain't no LeBron no. on this team. It's not the same, what? though. It's There's not no LeBron on this team. What do you mean? KD and Kyrie exist. What do you mean? Neither, neither one of them are LeBron, though. In the okay, sense of what? And being team leaders and great. Like, like the reason why Spolstra could thrive and the reason why Vogel no. could thrive was LeBron. But they no. got, like, the best record in the East right now. So what are you talking about? No, bro. The The... The thing that you guys are missing, that's not a fair comparison. Eric Spolstra trained under Pat Riley. This is not, this is not the same. Steve Nash has never been a protege under a, an all-time like face in the, in the NBA. This is his first coaching job. This is the first time. We already have two out of the three superstars who have been on record who said, we might not even need a coach. What's going to happen when the coach makes a cause of play facts, that facts. they don't agree with and then they don't get a positive result and then all of a sudden we've got dramas and egos and all this shit getting involved and as far as experience on the coaching staff sure you're try you're exactly right there's all kind of championship and playoff experience on the roster but the coaching staff dog we're talking about steve nash mike d'antoni amari stoudemire these Listen, are the guys who are at and the all my Dan Tony I'll give you all the Dan Tony shit because I'm obviously not a fan of Mike Dan Tony. Mm -hmm. But in regard to Steve Nash, I just think that the jury is still out. I don't know. I don't know 
how this team is going to converge around him as the season continues to go on. And I will say this, the more success a team has, the more they start to galvanize around their coaching staff because their coaching staff has a, as a part of this, but they're drawing sets. up the X's and O's at the end of the day. They're drawing the sets. They're telling players where to be to be successful. And Steve Nash has a big part of that. And as well, we're not going to discount this. Yes, we may question Steve Nash's IQ as a coach, but we never coach question it as a player. No, he no, ain't playing. no. But that's that's different, though. There are all time great players who were amazing on the floor who ain't done shit as a head coach. Look at how bad we talked about Michael Jordan as an owner for the longest. Now Charlotte is finally starting to get respectable. Is still a horrible owner. And, What's and, your point? But, but that is my point. But what Bill, player Bill coach, Russell, what Bill, coach that was a player no, we, ever won a championship? What'd you say? Has there ever been a coach that was a player that won a championship? Yeah, Doc um, Rivers. Doc Rivers, yeah. Yeah, Doc Rivers, Um, there's way more. Phil Jackson? Yeah, um, oh yeah, Phil Jackson. Yeah, you know, I know there, he played. A, they played yeah, yeah Phil he Jackson. won a championship with the, with Knicks, the Knicks in '73. He was the la- He was a part of the last winning era, like real winning era of New York T- Knicks basketball. Today, years old when I found so, that out. So, yeah. so you know, all I'm saying is there's definitely coaches who've done it, and Bill Russell is up for the Hall of Fame right now as a coach, but his coach coaching record wasn't that great. It's just because he was a player coach, which is what makes it fascinating. However, I mean, wasn't that great? He won champions. He won a championship. I got the two years. He he won one championship. Yeah, but we we talking about in as far as if you look at his record, he's a bar- barely above five hundred coach. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't have a, an excellent coaching record. It's not like oh my god, he needs to be like Bill Russell's in the Hall of Fame as a player, that like justifiably so. But as a coach, it's just like well, okay. I mean, he was, wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. My point is, is that there are coaches who have won championships as players too. The only difference is that Steve Nash. And Mike D'Antoni and Amari Stott, they got three people from that same era of Phoenix Suns basketball who always were a threat in the playoffs until they weren't. Yeah, but D'Antoni didn't have James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant to play with. He had fucking Rajah Bell, Steve Nash, and Amari Stoudemire. And I think think D'Antoni has a different outcome as a head coach. If he had Kyrie, KD, and James Harden all That's at fact. one time. That's a fact. Come on, man. The talent isn't even isn't even it isn't even comparable in the slightest bit. Yes. No, but maybe not. But that we can never settle that argument unless the Nets go out there and win. Well, so we will. Well, we will see I in the next three, I'll four months. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it happening. I I see what I've always. There are more not clutch people on that staff and on that team than there aren't. I hear that. I hear that. That's it. That. So I have um. So I have a, a a little shift of um, of gears that we're going to be doing here. Something that EQ threw in the docket kind of last minute. So I kind of want I kind of want to shift to the West and I want to talk about the Lakers, right? Um, I think just like KD's injury, AD's injury has been very weird too. Um, they announced that he yeah. was going to be out for two to three weeks and. All of a sudden, it's kind of mum on responses, and there's no real updates, and we kind of don't know what's going on. And a lot of people were looking to Kyle Kuzma, especially after getting that extension, um, to step up. Um, his minutes have elevated, but his play necessarily hasn't, even airballing a free throw the other night. Um, what What's going on with Kyle Kuzma? Is this a guy that we can actually rely on? 
Um, we are close to the trade deadline. Is this uh, someone that you would want to package up and move for a different piece? Where are you at with where the Lakers are at and, you know, and how Kyle Kuzma kind of plays a piece there? Q, we'll start with you. Um, I mean, Kyle Kuzma has actually been playing better. Like, if you look at the numbers, overall, he's he's been playing better. I mean, he, you know, he shot 50% from the field a few games ago and dropped 25. You know, he went 10 to 20. He dropped 24 the next game and went 8 for 18, so a little bit down on shooting percentage, but, you know, still was productive. He went 7 for 11 the other night against the Warriors and, and you know, and dropped 17. So, I mean, he's been playing better. I still am not thrilled with how he has not lived up to what we as Laker fans had as expectations for Kyle. Right. When, when they made the trade and they moved Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart, and they made that deal and Kyle Kuzma was still left standing in a Laker uniform, we were all like, okay, bet. This is the guy. Like, I know everyone had feelings about the, you know, that trade. I don't feel like anybody misses Lonzo that much. I do feel like people miss Brandon Ingram. You know, if you're a Laker fan, um, we've seen him thrive. Julius Randle, you know, I mean, we've seen all these guys who were once wearing Laker uniforms just go elsewhere and and play really well. Um, but him airballing the free throw was was tough to watch because it was a technical foul free throw. There's nobody even no lined up. Nobody there. There's nobody there. And as a shooter, you're thinking like this, like he's a shooter and he's been shooting, you know, pretty, pretty decent. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, pretty good. And he came out and he just literally all the way off to the left was real bad. And then like the reactions from the people around it, because that was the first thing I noticed was every air ball it was how everybody was, <laughs> was reacting to it. Mm. And like, I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing, but Kyle Kuzma definitely needs to step up his game or he will be featured in a package to trade to get somebody here. It's just, it just is what it is. I root for Kyle Kuzma. I want him to be the player that we all thought he would be. Um, but I mean, it, let's just be honest. We got to be honest here, right? I think that the way that Rob Polink is looking at this shit is I think that he's like, He's like, if I trade him now while he's playing a little bit better and maybe get more asset in return than I normally would have if he was really on down on his own, I mean, I, I can see it, man. Business is business. I, I hope that Kyle Kuzma figures, you know, figures it out even further. But, you know, we'll see. We'll Go see Link is trying. Um, I think this is another case of uh, the P word gone wild, man, and and potential can 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 just be a a, a, a detriment at times, like to just have potential is almost just like maybe like he might be like, and I feel like we've seen his potential for years and we thought like out of the whole core bunch of the nucleus of young guys that he was like the dude, he just never kind of just arrived at what we thought he was to be. I mean, like we thought like there was a time where we were looking at him like damn near on some like Jason Tatum level, like he could be that kind of a breakout star, but I don't, I don't see it. I don't see him as being whatever we is that we thought he was going to be. So as a new Laker fan, I think we get rid of this nigga. I ain't fucking with it. I just don't. I don't <laughs> new Laker. Get rid of this nigga, man. I don't, he finally I just, admitted it, too. Yeah, I just I'm called like, him. Try over, called him on it. But. All these years, man, I just feel like it's just a bunch of potential. And potential wears out eventually. 
And I feel like I'm sick of waiting for the return. All right, so I, I'm gonna jump in here because I obviously have a lot to say about this shit. Yes, you I do. was never as high on Kyle Kuzma as anybody else was in Laker Nation. I never understood it. I looked at the guy's game as a 27th pick, and I said he's a 27th pick. I never thought that he had elite footwork. I never thought he was an elite shooter. I never thought that he was an elite finisher at the rim. I never thought that he possessed the skills necessary to be able to be an anchor on a championship team. Um, I was one of these guys that was in favor of us trading him while he was at the height of his trade value uh-huh. and keeping Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. And as we see now, Brandon Ingram has moved on to, to New Orleans. He signed a $152 million extension. Lonzo Ball is up and he's, he's having career numbers this year in the contract season, which means that they're probably going to have to pay him. And he Josh, can shoot now. Absolutely. Josh Hart, signed the exact same extension that Kyle Kuzma did. So I never thought Kyle Kuzma was going to be this guy. Um, as, as, as you look at his numbers, um, everything is in, is in decline. Um, his minutes play, points, assists, rebounds, et cetera, et cetera. My main thing with Kyle Kuzma is this is where I feel like he can be effective for the Lakers. It's 6'9", there's no reason for you to not be grabbing seven boards or more a game. That's a place you can absolutely help us. And playing and, yeah, and defensively, right? So it's six nine and being a long, lanky guy that Kyle Kuzma is, you know, you should be the guy that's out there guarding the the opposite team's best player at six nine. You're long enough, you're athletic enough, you have the lateral strength and movement to be able to do those sorts of things. And I think that's where he's got to show value, not necessarily on the stat sheet, other than rebounds. Points are gonna come how they come. Kyle Kuzma's an aggressive guy, he's gonna chuck it up. Probably not going to be a great percentage, but it is what it is. I'm not too focused on, or I don't think he should be so focused on that. I think he should be focused on where he can help the team outside of scoring. And that's with creating opportunities for other guys, grabbing the, you know, grabbing boards as often and as early as possible and getting down into a stance and sliding his fucking feet. Yeah. I mean, he's getting seven boards. Well, 6.8 boards this year. So, you know, he, he just needs to be a little better. Like you said, I mean, his his minutes are down and his points are down, but his three-point percentage is up. His rebounds are up, you know. Uh, his steals and and, and uh, assists and blocks are, are relatively the same. So, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm with you. You know, I was definitely a little – not I wasn't high on Kyle Kuzma, but I just believed in him. And I, I thought that he would be someone who could slide into that third wheel spot and really just hold it down. Like I got, you know, I never saw him as more than that, but he just hasn't been reliable. And, and the and high, the highest I see Kyle Kuzma is a, like a seventh, eighth option. That's Frank, the highest. Seventh, I see. Eighth. God damn. Yeah. Tell I, us I mean, really do you see him as a premier six man? I don't. I mean, do you? Am I being disrespectful? Because I'm. I mean, no. Maybe I'm tripping. No, so that's no not, guy. not as currently constructed. We just believed he would get there. I, I, it, I, when I say seventh, eighth guy, I'm not here saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, right? So You're let saying me he's the third man off the bench. Okay, so would you say, if I said that Sean Livingston, who used to play for the championship Golden State Warriors, was a seventh, eighth man, am I being disrespectful? No, that's what he is. Right? Eight? He was six. He was he was a six man of the year candidate. No, he wasn't. It was Andre Iguodala, and then it was him. But that's seven. You said eight. I said seventh or eighth man off the bench. 
<laughs> what I'm saying. I'm yes. saying. That's a whole substitution on a roster that only has 12 niggas. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying. saying seventh or eighth. I don't think he's a premier six man in the league. Okay. I don't think I can say I'm going to get a consistent 18 to 22 off the bench That's from true. Kyle Kuzma. Okay. But That's as fair. a seventh or eighth player where I'm going to get 10 to 13 points. I'm going to get five to seven boards. I'm going to get one or two assists. I'm going to get a, a maybe a, a, a partial block a game. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to get that sort of production. That's a seventh or eighth man. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That. Okay. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. I had, a, I had initial pushback, but I'm, I'm open to, you know, my, I have an open mind. So. It's no disrespect to Kyle Kuzma, man. You're in the league, yeah. bro. I'm not. Yeah. So you can beat me. Yeah, I just you don't can, think you that you're my good ass. against I, other players, though. Yeah, you can whoop my ass. <laughs> I just don't think you're doing that against niggas in the league. Like, right. That's no, all. I get that. I get and you that. know, he know the truth. He yeah, he knows what's up. He sees so, that, that box score every week. Anyhow, fellas, that concludes our episode. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Yo, man, it's your boy. You know what I'm saying? Dope boy, dope breeze, because I'm all in the trees and uh, for she's. I'll check you on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is. It's your man, EQ. We love y'all. Subscribe, comment, like, do all of that. Set up the notifications. You know what it is. Yup, and I am Triune. Um, make sure to comment, like, subscribe, as EQ just said. Make sure to hit the notification bell so you can be notified when these episodes upload. And as well, comment and share. Comment, share, comment, share. Share, 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 share. Sharing is caring. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your pops. Nigga, tell your all uncle. That. Tell your cousins. Tell and everybody. If you, and if all you that. don't, we pull it yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. If you don't. <laughs> that part. We're we pulling, pulling up. up. You see us outside, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that has been Worst Take. You guys have a good one. We'll be Worst back time. later this week. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.